Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another great episode of Straight Talk with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Detellis. Uh We have on the line Mr. Keith Ellaby, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, what's going on, world? God bless you, God. All shalom to all the listeners and people that will be listening to this. Uh, good evening. Um, we have another co-host that uh, will not be able to attend, Miss Monique Calderon. She's actually um, in marriage counseling, a premarital counseling, I'm sorry, um, and, you know, it's a blessing to go through that moment with your future spouse um, and, you know, be under the umbrella of the Word of God as you're uh, embarking on a new life with someone that you love. So we pray for strength and uh, guidance uh, for Monique and her future husband uh, in this process. Uh, but we're just going to get straight to it tonight. Um, you know, another great episode, another great topic. Um, you know, so we just want to open up in prayer and let the Holy Spirit use us, guide us, and direct us in the way that it wants us to go. Uh, so, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, Lord God, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord God, for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you for the ability to allow us to come together uh, as one unit, as one whole, as one body for, uh, uh, for, for Christ, for your kingdom, to uplift others, to encourage others, and to have an open discussion and to have an open dialogue as to uh, the things that you need us to do and the things that you want us to do, Lord. So we pray that we use this platform to be a voice for your people, to your people, and to allow those who are teetering on the fence of coming to you and trying to have a better understanding of you uh, to utilize this time to maybe get a better understanding and a better direction in the way that you want them to go. So we thank you and we praise you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you know, Keith, I think this is going to be uh, another Outstanding episode, uh, and I'm just going to get right to it. Uh, so normally what we do on the show is we open up with a verse, uh, a central theme of what we're discussing throughout the episode, and I just want to point something out before we get uh, too deep into the episode. Keith, myself, Monique, we are not um, pastors, we are not deacons, we are not um you know, theologians, we are three ordinary people who love Jesus Christ, who love the Word of God, and have collectively come together through the Spirit to um, be a voice or an outlet to those who normally don't get to speak up, who normally don't get to talk. Uh, And we just uh, thank God for this opportunity to not 
only allow us to speak to really the world, but also for the world to speak back to us uh, as one body. So uh, just want to reiterate that we are not, we don't have pictorial degrees. We don't have any type of theology degree. Um, You know, so just take whatever we say with love and vice versa to the listeners. Um, You know, we just want to make sure that um, our voices and your voices are heard to the world. So without further ado, I want to jump into the scripture. Second um, Samuel, first chapter, twenty-fifth to the twenty-sixth verse. How the mighty have fallen in the in the midst of the battle. Jonathan slain in your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of women. Wow. Um. That's that's pretty deep. That's pretty deep because yeah, that's, that's that's very deep. That's David saying that, <clears throat> right, right. And you know, it's it, it, I, I I get what he's saying uh, because um, also in in, in Proverbs, David also goes on to say, uh, Solomon. I'm sorry, not David. Solomon. Solomon goes on to say that. Um, and, and I'm paraphrasing. In life, you will find a brother, or you will find a friend that will stick closer to you than the brother. So there are many references throughout the Bible how, you know, a man will befriend another man, or how men stick together, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that's what David was saying here. You know, we've been in battle together. We've done mighty works together in the name of in the name of God. Um, and I love you more than I love a woman. And that could be misconstrued. That can be taken out of context. But we have mm-hmm. to remember where we're pulling this information from. It's not from a corrupt piece of documentation. This is the holy and living word of God that was transcend- transcended from him to some being to transcribe to his people. So with that being said, um, David was simply displaying his love for his fellow man or his fellow brother. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that, and that's where I like I said, um, things like this can get misconstrued, uh, misconstrued. Um, and it's that that in today's society, it seems as though, um, you know, if you're intimate in a in a healthy way with another man, that's like a red flag. Um, but David says here, no, there's a level of love. That he has for another man more than any woman, but you know David definitely led by the Holy Spirit, you know a, a man after God's own heart, uh, you know wasn't talking about um, this type of erotic relationship. No, he was talking about a healthy relationship between two men that that is a masculine relationship, that is an emotional relationship. Uh, to my recollection. Um, these guys cried together. 
They kissed on one another. You know, they had a covenant together. It was a close bond. Uh, but that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about uh, tonight uh, because it seems like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. The first part of, you know, the show, we, we, we asked the question, what is a real man? You know, we like there's so many ideas of what a real man is. Um, growing up, if, if you did not know this by now, I, I am an African-American black male. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Jersey, you know, South Jersey, right near Camden, about 10 minutes from Philadelphia. And, you know, my surroundings, I, I grew up in, in with, with, I mean, I'm just going to give it a name, black culture, you know. And it seems right, as though right. to be a young black male – I don't know how it is today. I, I assume it's probably still the same, but mm-hmm. it was like, hey, you know, you know, you know, stand up straight, don't cry, you know, you, just, you know, stop crying. Right. He's gonna cry about you, you know, be a man and the man, and and, and, and it's like, okay, so I can't cry. Men don't cry. <laughs> With the guys and and they do all these manly things and and all the and whatever that was, but. But as I got older, I'm just like, you know, that that's not really true. You know, it, it guys can right. cry. There's, there's not, nothing wrong with men crying. Have you ever had experiences right. like that, Joe, where it was just like, you know, it was less man if did something or show some sort of emotion? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, absolutely. Um, and I, 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 could, I could dig deep into the constructs of how – the black man has um, has been emasculated over time, and what that actually means. You know, I could go back into slavery and how that followed through generations as to what we have today. But I'll keep it simple for uh, the timing purposes of today's show. Uh, but of course, um, you know, as growing up, you know. Uh, and I, I don't think reason has to play a part in. I just think it's like you mentioned, Keith, and you know, uh, and I'm I've seen it as well in um, white households too, uh, but specifically for um, for our purpose, since we can relate to one another, since we are African American, um, I I I have been just in in the context of being victimized uh, because I was quote-unquote, too soft as a child, um, and it played a huge psyche in me growing up because as I got older, you know, that mentality of don't cry, boys don't cry, um, toughen up, and so on and so forth, um, played a huge part of who I was as 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 an adolescent. But as I grew older, and which goes into, if you can, uh, in Bible context, when I was a man, when I was a child, uh, I thought I was a child, and as I became a man, I put away childish things. Um, as I grew older and became a man, and especially within the Word of God, I realized one, I'm supposed to follow the, the teachings in the way of Jesus Christ. Jesus cried several times, and I told myself, if Jesus could cry, then why can't I cry? If I'm supposed to emulate Him and live Amen. like Him, why can't I cry? And and it wasn't the fact that I wanted to cry because I was sad. 
No, it was an emotional part of me that had to be released because as a as a human being, when you keep emotions inside of you and you bottle emotions inside of you, it festers and it can turn into something evil. It can turn into anger. It can turn into disruption. It can turn into chaos. And in return, that allows the enemy to um, lead and guide you in ways that the Holy Spirit can't. So if you go back to the things that of this world, which is in Galatians 5, I want to say 19, um, when you decide to bottle things up and keep things inside of you, you know, you can fall victim or prey to the things of this world. And then that's the, that's the key that the devil needs to um, draw you in closer to his dominion, closer to his reign. And that's not what God wants. So it's okay to cry. It's okay to show emotions. It's okay to want to dress a certain way, as in dress nicely. I mean, you know, it's crazy that as a, a, a young person growing up that it was cool to make sure that my pants were below my waist. As in, you can see my butt. It was cool to do that. Now that I'm in my thirties, what, what's cool about that? <laughs> that was, and if you, you think know, about was, where it derives from, it it it. Weirdest trend we've had. I mean, it's I'm crazy. Sorry, man. I said that was just such a weird trend, man. Who, who made that stuff up, man? I heard that came from jail or something like that. It, you know, it, it, it did. It absolutely did. It absolutely did. Because in, in prison, uh, and and this it's not at all prisons, but a majority of them, um, it means that you belong to someone. So if you think about, if you think about this, and let's just let's just talk about sagging because it, it has to do with men and feminine and 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 and, and you know um, something similar to this topic. So it was a time where men in in our communities and in, in our areas weren't getting um arrested and locked up at a disproportionate rate, right? So you can say probably between like the fifties, sixties and maybe early maybe mid seventies. But after the late seventies, early eighties, nineties started to come and you saw a large of men, African-American men and Hispanic men that were going to prison and then getting released, you saw that prison culture come out into into um, the, the, the streets or the communities where they resided because they had to come back home. And that culture permeated within the community and gave basically the things that we saw and what's going on right now. So that culture and that idea produced sagging. That is not of that is not of the kingdom. We are supposed to present our best, look our best, and do our best. That's not of God. I'm not saying that in the Bible where it says you shouldn't sag. It's a mentality that is produced of this world, and we're supposed to always, once again, give our best, do our best, and look our best because God wants our very best. So, Amen. We we can't we can't allow the things of this world to be a a guide to how we live our life. 
and if that means not uh, playing into the stereotype of what a tough man is or, you know, what a man's supposed to look like in this world as in what you see on TV or what you see in the movies or what you see on these hip-hop videos or whatever, that's a facade. That's fantasy. When we live in a reality, yeah. and God is reality. And if, that's, yeah, sorry, ooh, that's good. God is, <laughs> no, I'm saying, uh, God is, that's, that's really good. God is our reality. Uh, I just wanted to draw out the number really quick. Um, if you're listening, feel free to jump in on this conversation. Uh, the number is 516 387 1427. Just to add on something that Joe said, you know, about how. We tend to let the culture shape how we live out life, um, and, and that's go. And, and being a man, quote unquote, is included in that. Um, it, it's we can't let the culture dictate how what, what being a man is. You know, the culture right. says being a man is getting a lot of girls. You know, it's, it's, it's right, that's not what right. the kingdom says. You know, it, it's right. a lot of things, or, or or crying with one another that's seen as weak. You know, you being a punk. You know, man up and things right. like that, and and these young men are like Joe said, are bottling this stuff up, and they don't have anywhere to go with it. You know, we're not casting right. our cares upon the Lord. We're trying to handle our cares on our own, and right. we're not made to do that. And we're not sharing it with right. our our brothers because uh, we're trying to work it out on our own. We don't need anybody's help. And I'm a man. I can do this myself. And and we're just breaking down because we don't want to be seen as weak from uh, the men around us. Um, and, you know, that that just brings me to another point. It's just like, is, like do, I wonder if men seeing, like, if, if I come to you, Joe, like, or, or I'll just use a movie as an example. I saw, uh, I don't know if you ever saw Best Man 2 or something like that. Um uh, with Kate uh, Diggs and stuff like that. Oh, well, there was a scene it's in the called, movie where he he. Uh, huh? It's called Best Man's Holiday or something like that. Um, but there was oh, yeah, a scene yeah, yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. And remember the scene where Tate Diggs was crying um, in front of Terrence Howard because he didn't have any money, and Terrence Howard was like, "Hey, man, do you need some money?" And he was like, "Yeah, I do." And but the whole movie, he was lying. Trying to put on this facade of I, I I made it I'm doing this and I'm doing that but he was broke I believe that's how the storyline was and he got all the right. way to the point where he was you know crying in front of his friend and things like that but it's just so hard for guys to I mean I'll ask this question then we could go into our break but why is it so hard for men to approach other men about deep intimate problems? or concerns, or issues, or weaknesses. Why can't we approach one another and be vulnerable with one another and receive our healing? Like, why, Joe? Why, why do you think that is? Because, and once again, this isn't a white or black thing. This is just a, a, a I think it's an American culture, to be honest. Um, we are taught from an early age that as a man, you are supposed to be strong. You are supposed to be dominant. You are never supposed to show weakness. And, and, and if you think about it, 
think about football. When you play football, you <laughs> that is if, 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 besides for boxing and and uh, and um, MMA, mixed martial arts, um, mm-hmm. football is a true gladiator sport. You from five years, six years old from Pop Warner, they would say, "Man up, don't cry." You don't show fear. Don't show weakness. And it plays into the role of or the idea of men are tough. But in the same context or in the, even within the same sport, say, for example, um, you win a championship, right? You win a Super Bowl or you win the NBA Finals. And you're so elated, you are overwhelmed with emotions that you start to cry. Whether you win or you mm. lose, you start to cry, right? So the reason I think that that happens is because you have bottled up so many emotions that you have pressed so many emotions with inside of you that it has to come out, which is, once again, is not a good thing. That leads to psychological disorders, right? That leads to things that will allow you to lash out in ways that you shouldn't have lashed out in, right? Because you're a man and you're macho and you don't want to show your emotions. You don't want to cry. You don't want to sit down and have a civilized conversation with others so you hit somebody. Or worse off, you hit your spouse or your girlfriend. Mm. He cannot allow the world says, to dictate who we are, right? Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, whatever. We cannot allow that because within ourselves is a greater thing, right? It's something that lives within us that yearns to have that emotional part of them fed to them, I mean fed to it, because that emotional part is the thing that, allows them to, or allows us to become better people. And we'll pick you up on the other side of the break. (laughs) All right. We are going to jump to a break. Uh, We'll see you in a minute. Do you desire to go deeper in your life with Christ? Join us at walkingwithchrist.com where we have Bible study podcasts to help guide you through the Word of God. Walkingwithchrist.com. Come learn the Word of God with us today. Amen. Okay, we are back uh, with uh, Straight Talk with Joe. Um, for your, anyone listening in, feel free to give us a call to get on on this conversation um, at 516. 516- Three eight seven one four two seven. Tonight's discussion is called a real man. Uh, we are just talking about some of the things that uh, this culture teaches us what a real man is, and uh, what we're doing is seeing if that lines up to what Jesus did and what he taught. And a lot of times the answer is it doesn't line up. Um, being super tough or 
all these other things that, uh, you know, fighting and war and, you know, the best man wins, things like that or, or crying and, or getting all the girls. It, it, it's really not in line with the word of God. Um, and this next segment, we're going to talk about something called hypermasculinity. I've heard this word before thrown around. Um, and I, I looked it up. And uh, basically, I'm just going to read from the Encyclopedia Britannica, and it says this. I guess this is the idea of a hypermasculinity, a sociological term denoting exaggerated forms of masculinity, uh, validity, and psych, uh, psychic <laughs> – these are some big words. Forgive me, guys. <laughs> Psychology. Uh, scholars have <laughs> – Scholars have suggested that there are three distinct characteristics associated with the hypermasculine personality. Uh, number one is the view of violence as manly. Number two is the perception of danger as exciting and sensational. And number three is callous behavior toward women and a regard toward emotional displays as feminine. Um, so, that's kind of the idea, um, you know, what we were, were just talking about. And I never, this is the first time I'm even reading this to Jill. Um, so what – oh, that word was physicality. Sorry, guys. I, please forgive me. It wasn't psychology. It was physicality. Anywho, um, <laughs> so, what, so what the thing – what we're talking about is uh, this idea of a hypermasculinity um, – I want to talk. I want to go to scripture really quick. Um, that points out. Let's go at John thirteen twenty three. Um, and this is a the the Last Supper. Jesus and his disciples, and there's and there's one verse that always stuck out to me, even even when I was like a kid. Um, and it says, now there, this is 1323, it says, now there was, now, yeah, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom, whom Jesus loved. And I've been leaning on his bosom, like, what, what does that mean, you know? But I believe bosom is, you know, chest, like leaning on his chest, you know, um, like in front of the body between the arms. He was leaning on Jesus' bosom. Um, so I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I had to renew my mind to it and say, well, maybe this isn't weird. Maybe I'm the weird one. You know, Jesus, like like uh, Joe said, God is our reality. And this is a form of intimacy between two brothers. That's how I view it. There's nothing wrong with it. And this is very masculine. You know, Jesus did he he was able to love people and show affection toward people and it's healthy and it's okay and it's and it's um ministering to one uh ministering to them. So um that's just something I wanted to point out as far as, you know, this hyper masculinity. In today's society that'd probably be seen as, you know, probably gay or something like that. But it it's it's not I think we have to renew our minds and change our lenses on these things because we are probably missing out on the blessing 
if we're just vulnerable and opening up to one another as men. Um, and and that's that's the point I I wanted to make really quick on uh, that. What, what do you have to say about that, Joe? Yeah, I, I was just I was just thinking about that verse, and I'm trying to. I haven't read it in a while, so I'm trying to think of the context of that verse. Was it as in like was he crying? Was he, you know, was he just? Oh, they were. I think they were sitting was, down eating. No, they they were eating supper. I think Jesus had. I think he might have. Uh, let me see really quick because I think he was about either he just washed their feet or he was about to wash their feet. As a matter of fact, mm. no. No, he after he washed their feet. So Jesus had got up, put a towel around, you know, took off his garment, put a towel around his waist, mm-hmm. and then washed his disciples' feet, other men's feet, and did it as an example how they should, what they should do to one another. Then he got dressed again, right? And somewhere along the light, uh, the night, you know, I guess John thought he, it was cool to lay on Jesus' chest. Now, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this, but in today's society, oh, you know, what is this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'll be real. I even ran the other dude, Chef. I'm sorry. I I, I can't can't see myself doing that. But, I mean, like. No, but but the thing is, but that's the whole point, though. It's just like Jesus was so compassionate and loving, like, that I, I guess maybe even in that culture that wasn't seen as something weird. But in today's culture, right. it is seen as something weird. And I'm just like, well, why? You know, but because we, we right. I think, and, and, you know, I suggest that we hyper-masculate or uh, we, we make everything hyper-masculine. And, you know, well, if it's not like violence you, or something like that, like, you know, this article suggests. Go ahead, Joe. You got You got to think about where Jesus was at that time, and who was he around, right? He was around Greeks and Romans, right? And at that time, Mm -hmm. Greeks and Romans were very, 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 very in touch with their uh, masculine side and their feminine side, right? Whereas in men would mm-hmm. embrace each other in ways that would probably be considered gay in today's standards, right? So, mm-hmm. in, in, if if we look at it from the time period, it might have been uh, PC, right? It might have been politically correct to embrace a man that way. But in today's world... I. The closest you're gonna get from, and I'm just speaking for myself, you know, I can dap you up and you know, dap you up and give you a little tight embrace, but brother, I'm not laying on your chest. That that ain't happening. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying, hey man, we need to start laying on other men's chest. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have to. Maybe we can renew our minds to what we see as masculine. Like maybe, maybe again, just crying on with one another. That 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 maybe that's a, a masculine thing to do, or or you know things like that. Right, but I, I and also I want to point out that's what Je- that's what Jesus's heart was about. 
You know what I'm saying? Maybe John wanted to lay on him because he, he need I don't know, need, needed uh, some affection. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why he was laying on Jesus. But, but Jesus was there for him. And, you know, that's the whole point. So it's like we need to be there uh, for each other, you know, and, and in, in a nice, healthy, godly way. Um, and that I think that comes into, a, a, you know, the segment where it's like how can we be vulnerable with one another, you know, in in a way where, hey, Joe, you 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 call me up about something, and you just vulnerable a week before me, and how do you get that thought of I don't want Keith to look at me different, I don't want Keith to say this about me, or he's gonna view me as that, or well, you know, uh, <laughs> what? Well, that's that's relationship, right? I I in, mm-hmm. in order for me. In order for well, not even for me, in order for you to see or notice my vulnerability, we have to one have some type of relationship where I can come to you in uh, in confidence, and or I can come to you in a time in my life where I know that I'm not going to be judged based upon what I do or what I say, right? So. If I have a if I have that type of relationship with you, then I can in turn have that conversation with you. Just like if I have that type of relationship with God, or if I, I can go to Him in my time of need, right? But if I if I am an acquaintance to someone, if I don't really have a true relationship with them, and but I go to them with that type of uh, attitude or um, point, or, 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 or I have a point in mind that I want to to speak to them about. They may look at me in another way or within a different context of of who I am, and then they might judge me. So I think mm-hmm. in order to have that conversation or to, you know, Put yourself in a vulnerable place. You need to have a true relationship with that person in order to go that route. Just as that, once again, if you if you were to go to God and in, in, in a vulnerable state, it has to be relationship based. Now, now let me ask you this, Joe: How, how many men in your life can you go to in a vulnerable state? The ten, five, two. Nah, I, you know, no, you know, I, including you, uh, mm. you see, you see what I'm saying? But, but, you, but, but saying? you know what? But you know what? That's, but see, that's me. That's me because no, I always live with this thing. I've always lived with this saying, uh, and please call into the show. Uh, we want to encourage everyone to uh, call in questions, comments, concerns, um, 516-387-1427. But I've always lived with this um, the same, right? Jesus had 12 friends, and one of them had him mm-hmm. killed. Be careful who you let in your life. So... I don't have a lot of people that I don't I don't like I don't have a lot of people that I trust in my life. You know what I'm saying? 
because I've been hurt a lot, which which in the vulnerable, which which brings into a vulnerable state, right? So, and that's mm-hmm. not, and, and, and see, that's another thing. Like, if if I were to tell another man, yo, I've been hurt, man. People done did this, people done, and 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 please, and I'm using air quotes, Christians. If you don't want to hear what I'm about to say, please turn on your radio because I'm saved, but I ain't perfect. If I come to if 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 I came to a dude that I I like I'm I'm picturing somebody in my head right now that I know I I could say man I've been hurt I've been you know misused da da da, da. they be like nigga you tripping you gay tighten up man up like I you know you see like it's hard for me to put it in the words because it's like. Why are you judging me based off of my experiences with other people? What led mm. you to the conclusion that since I mentioned to you that, yeah, I have been hurt, I have been let down, that that puts me in the same category as a homosexual? How? Explain that to me. Mm. And, and it um, you know, it um, it bounces me all the time when things like that happen or conversations like that happen because I know who I am. I know who God created me to be. So how can I be, I do, to make you perceive me that way? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's a part of the culture that we live in, unfortunately. And, and honestly, I don't think you're alone in that. That's why I asked the question. You know, a lot, a lot, it's, 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 a, it's amazing to me how we live in the body of Christ, right? We're supposed to have other brothers and sisters there for us, praying with us, praying for us, confessing with us so we can be healed and receive strength and things like that. But it's so interesting how our numbers of brothers we can call is very small. You know, it's like, well, I can only call like this two, these two guys. And it's just like, well, why can't you call more guys? And a part of that is we don't trust each other. I mean, or we don't right. want to be judged at how what how we are in our life. Like, hey, man, Joe, man, I'm having a problem at home, man. Kids going crazy. This is happening. Like, a part of us is like, well, I don't want him to see that I'm not really, you know, don't have my household under control because I'm struggling right now. So I got to shut up right. and try to fix this and not talk to anybody and just me and God. And it's just like, well, yeah, God's there, but he also gave you brothers and sisters there to help you too. But we, we is, is maybe it's a pride thing that, that we can't look bad. And that even bleeds into social media, I believe, because you don't hear and you know what? how bad someone's doing on social media. But <laughs> real quick, but it's like we always see about how good people are doing. And it's so funny, uh, another right. thing that, uh, that I've noticed, I put – like post online for Instagram for people to call in. Like, I don't want to just post things and you like it or write a comment like amen or things like that. And that, and that, those things are fine, but it's like, Hey, call in the show and, 
voice what you're talking about. Voice the the spirit right. behind these posts that you're doing. But is it, I, I don't know if right. they, they don't have time to do it, but it's like, hey, why don't you come together um, with other believers on a talk line and we can talk about this. And uh, speaking of which, we just right. got somebody to, that wants to talk. So um, we have someone from uh, – uh, okay, here we go. I'm going to patch them in. Hold on one sec. Hello, you're on the line with Keith and Joe. Hey, Keith and Joe. This is Esther Kinfish calling to comment on what you guys were kind of commenting on about vulnerability and talking to other guys. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Yes, please share. Share some wisdom. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting, like, to point out the fact that, um, you know, guys may feel like you can only speak to two guys instead of opposed to, like, four guys or having, like, that community base or, you know, a support group. And I think that is a problem, like, you know, just when you kind of examine, like, the academic system and kind of going to school um, as a child and seeing, like, the principles that young men are being taught um, and then kind of going to school and being the strong one or the male. And so you have to really break that down and, like, think about do those factors really affect you? Um, my question is, like, do those factors really affect you growing up Um you know, not just being um, a male, but maybe being a black male and going to school and going to these other, like, you know, community um, engagements and really being forced to kind of mitigate your own problems. I um, mean, not being able to be vulnerable with other uh, people, um, but specifically guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The short answer is yes. You know, mm-hmm. growing, growing up in an African-American community within the African-American society, um, we are held to a different standard than our white counterparts. And the point right. that I didn't want to get into earlier, honestly, we could have a whole separate show <laughs> on how, you know, how, like, slavery and the denigration of our people, especially the the emasculation of, a, of of the African American man led to this conversation because mm-hmm. the things that were done to us between being raped by our slave master and seeing our our because uh, that did happen seeing our families ripped apart our wives being sold our children being sold. And then in that same day, we have to man up and go out into the, once again, that phrase, man up, go out into the field and work with that pain inside of us, knowing that we will probably never see that family member again. So when you fast forward to 2018, those same things are happening within us. One, if you look at the justice system, when our family members are ripped apart from us by unjust law, I don't want to get into it. Like I said, it could be a whole thing. <laughs> <But> yes. <laughs> but yes, um, I, 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 I have, and, and I'm pretty sure Keith can agree, I have mm-hmm. um, been a part of this culture since birth. I'm warranted, uh, but it's up to me, especially as a father, to break that right. with my with my boys. And I, listen, I beat that in their head every single day. It's okay to cry. 
It's what okay, mm-hmm. okay to be said. You know, come to me. Mm-hmm. Blake, now, now, that's one time where a man can lay on my chest. I, I, that's, that's about <laughs> it. But, but um, right. you know, you know, you know, if 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 I can break that cycle with my boys, and then when mm-hmm. they go out into school and into the world, and they become leaders and role models to their peers, then that will break the cycle amongst the friend, amongst their friends because now they are not a part of that; they are a part exactly. of that, which is their separate right, they're separate from it. And um, I'll I'll just let Keith uh, expound from from there. Oh yeah, Thank that you. that was really good. No, no problem. Um, thank you for calling. Um, I, mm-hmm. I was just just agreeing with what Joe was saying, but um, yeah, well, I, I, going back to the question, I believe it, or just the comment, it was just like we we definitely need to create a space where men, especially you know all men of all color, but even in the black mm-hmm. community, we need to come together and create a space where we can really open up to one another and it's not seen as being a weak or, uh, you know, or feminine or things like that, but men need, right. It's like, Hey man, men need to open up to each other as well. Men need to create these spaces where we can share these things. We need to have more than three guys or one guy we can call in the time of need. Right. Of course we'll pray, but we need a collection of brothers especially if we go to a church, no matter what size, it's like, hey, I, I should be really uh, close with my with my brothers that I serve here with and my community with, that I serve the Lord with. Mm-hmm. I should have their numbers, and they should be calling me, and I could call them. But I don't have mm-hmm. to follow right. things up and try to do it on my, on, on my own. Um, and there's something else that I've seen, too. There's these groups online where they're, uh, they can either be anonymous or not, or whatever, but it's like, and I mm-hmm. get it, like, um, if you're struggling with alcohol, you know, there's an alcohol group for Christians, or something like that, I'm just, I'm just uh, making it Right, up. like, alcohol groups, like, hey, right, stuff like that, and like, hey, pray for me for this, pray for me for that, pray for this, I'm like, well, where's your local community, where people need to come over there and be with you, because, I mean, it's cool, people will pray for you over the computer, but it's like, yo, it's no, nothing beats that real connection with the human flesh that God designed us to be a part of, because you know th- that's that's what we need. So those things are good, but we can't discount, um, you know, the physical bonding with one another in the Lord to get stronger. So that's just um, something I wanted to add in there. But thank you so much for calling. Um, did you have any other comments? No, I, no, I was just listening and like really um, enjoying what you guys are saying, and I just wanted to call to, like, make that contribution to say it, especially from, like, a woman's perspective, too. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Thank you so it. much. We're going to go to our uh, last um, commercial break, um, and then we're going to wrap up. Uh, we'll be right back in a bit. Do you desire to go deeper in your life with Christ? Join us at walkingwithchrist.com, where we have Bible study podcasts to help guide you through the Word of God. Walkingwithchrist.com. Come learn the Word of God with us today. Amen. Okay, uh, we are back um, with our last segment. Um, and this is something I definitely have to 
get better at, but it's called our challenge and application segment. So we're going to issue a challenge to our listeners and you want to list uh, to, that's listening. And we are going to challenge you to apply this in your life. Um, so for today's show, um, I want to leave with a verse and um, also <clears throat> I want to issue a challenge here. Um, bear with me one moment. In First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, it says, Finally, this is Peter talking, he says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise, blessing, knowing that ye are therefore, or excuse me, thereunto called that you should inherit a blessing. Um, so we, I just wanted to challenge uh, our listeners, the men especially, this, this episode was, was for you, um, to challenge one another to grow your, men, to, to grow your community of men. I want to challenge you guys to grow your community of men in Christ um, because you should have a, a nice circle of people to call, to share with, to build with, to grow with. Um, it's cool to have your brother there and your dad there, but grow that community of men because we are, you know, definitely called by God to, to, to work together. This is a body. This is not a one-man show. And I just want to challenge you to put down any pride, put down any bias, or put down any blinder or sword that you think that, you know, you have to fight and, and things like that. It doesn't have to be combative. Go to your brothers in love and be vulnerable before them. And receive healing. I challenge each of you to do that with one another. I challenge you to put down the sword and pick up love and just and embrace your brothers and be uh, intimate with them in a healthy way and grow with them. Um, so that's what I challenge you to do. I challenge you to put down the sword, put down the bias, put down how you think other people are going to say and really just go out, step out on faith and love and grow your man, uh, man community. That's great, Keith. Um, I have a two-part challenge. <clears throat> and I've started off with one of the most common verses known around the world. For John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And the two-part challenge to that verse is, to one, love. I am challenging everyone to find love. The way the world is constructed and honestly, I'm really basing it off of where we live in this country. The way this country is shifting 
I don't, it may sound cliche, but I do not feel the love at times. So one, find love, and two, sacrifice, right? Just like Jesus loved the world so much, I mean, not just God, loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, so he sacrificed his son so that we may live and have life more abundantly. So I challenge you to love, but within that love also find something to sacrifice so you can receive that love. Give up something that your past not give up something that is valuable to you so that someone else may have an opportunity to have an abundance of what you already have, right? So God had one son, but then he gained a multitude of children, right, through the adoption of us. So love and sacrifice so that you may be able to have an abundance of things that God will be able to bless you with. Remember two things. One, it's a sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. And two, save someone's life so that you, through them, can save a multitude of sins. So that's my challenge for this week. Got it. Well, that concludes our show. God bless you guys. I love you guys. And remember, love one another. And uh, shalom. Have a wonderful night. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk with Joe. Hey there, this is Keith from Straight Talk with Joe, and the conversation doesn't have to stop. Feel free to hit us up on any one of our social media outlets from Twitter all the way to Facebook. So for Twitter, hit us up at Straight Talk Joe, that's S-T-R-8 Talk Joe. And on Facebook, just search us in Straight Talk with Joe and we'll pop right up. Our website is www.straighttalkjoe.com and our Instagram is at Straight Talk Joe. I know that's a lot of Straight Talk Joes, but we want to encourage you guys to keep plugging in. We want to stay connected with you. God bless you. Jesus loves you. Shalom.